Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. These three gentlemen representing their respective teams will try to find the legend of the Hidden Temple when they enter Olmec's tomb. Will it be representing the purple parrot, Jonathan Nielsen? Representing the blue barracudas, Brian Espinosa. Or representing the Green Monkeys, Eric Watkins. I'm your host. I'm Kurt. Wait, no, I'm not. I'm Harry Broadhurst. And it's time to start the deep dive on Legends of the Hidden Temple here on Life is Like a Game Show. So Harry Broadhurst will be seen tonight. It's a miracle. Well, 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 we'll do this properly, even though I'm here, so I won't get fined. <clears throat> Harry Broadhurst will be seen tonight so that we may bring you this feature presentation. You see, this is when gimmick infringement will bring us together. This feature presentation of the W2M Network available online at w2mnet.com. Segway! Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to watch and or listen as we are available in video format. And welcome to Life is Like a Game Show, the Legends of the Hidden Temple Deep Dive episode. I am your host for the evening. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me as per usual or the three that are actually here on a week-in, week-out basis. Personal schedules, I should be good going forward. First, he is the DSDO. He is your anchor man. And in this particular instance, he's also your executive producer. He is Eric Watkins. Let's just say you may or may not have been a little bit tied up. I will neither neither confirm nor deny, but I will especially not deny. You know him as JTN2002 if you're on Twitch. He is Jonathan Nielsen. Hey, you can find us on Twitch too. And I'm repping the Purple Parrots with the epic purple shirt. Um, Spoiler, more on that team at the end of the episode tonight. All right, I'm going to screw this up, Brian. Is it League of Legends? Yes. Awesome. You can also find him on the League of Legends podcast here on the W2M Network. He is Brian Espinoza. I got two things to say. First of all, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Second of all, y'all need Jesus. 
look, just because you're sitting there and you still don't know whether or not to listen to Dr. Manhattan, that's on you, man. Not gonna lie, I almost wore oh. my Y'all Need Jesus shirt tonight. Well, we've uh, there's some exciting games that are happening in a few hours here, and uh, I have interrupted my precious sleep to 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 do Life is Like a Game Show. So, Let's ah, get so you're cramming this one in. Yes. Oh, well, then let's it's, get. This is going to be one of those nights, isn't it? Where we're all just full of game show puns, aren't we? Like more so than normal. God, I hope not. We have a time limit. <laughs> we, we have, have a time, time limit? limit? We've Say never had a time right, limit. Buddy. This is not Price is Right. Yeah, we, we definitely ain't pulling that shit again. Let's make that crystal clear look if y'all if y'all sons of bitches go to three hours again i'm out okay like <laughs> don't don't i'm sorry y'all looking at me for that one at, at the time of recording <laughs> it is 10 20 p.m y'all sons of bitches going to midnight i'm going back to sleep i gotta be up at 5 a.m all right then let's get to it as per the idea for the original formatting of this show we give you a breakdown of the show that we are going to discuss. And for that, even though it is not a viable source for academia, it is damn sure a viable source for us here on Life is Like a Game Show. Yes, that's right. Gimmick infringement part duh. Let's go over to Jonathan Nielsen with the Legends of the Hidden Temple rundown. All right. Ooh, hey, I get full screen for this. Awesome. So this show was on Nickelodeon back 1993 to 1995. Produced by David G. Stanley and Scott A. Stone. Yes, Stone Stanley. With the voice of D. Bradley Baker as Omek. Let's rock. Hosted by the one and only Kirk Fopp. Oh, yeah. Nobody before this show, but he really made a name for himself with it. The number of episodes, let's see if I've got that available, 120. Yeah, 40 per segments. You got the moat. You got the steps of knowledge. You got the temple games. And you have the legendary temple run. You start with six teams, of course. If we'll bring the gang back in, I'll pull up the old uh, screen to share my bubber. You have fun fact before you continue. I want to let everybody out there watch or watching us at home or listening to us at home know if you are interested in going back and watching the old episodes of Legends of the Hidden Temple, all 120 of said episodes are available on Paramount Plus. The owners of Nickelodeon, etc., etc., etc. So we start with the Red Jaguars. We don't like them. None of us are fans. The Blue Baccarutas. The Green Monkeys. Oh, are we gonna are we gonna like completely look over the fact that he butchered the pronunciation of Barracudas? He I don't like the Barracudas. The he one hundred percent did that on purpose. Yes. Yes, and if you think I'm gonna let him slide for it. You're mistaken. It's okay. He can be a purple pirate all he wants to. Orange iguanas, yeah, nobody likes them. 
I mean, I always the thought Iguanas... Parents. Boo. I always thought the iguanas were kind of cool. It was an interesting. Now let's, get the, now let's get the booze out for the team that really deserves it. Those silver snakes. Cheaters. <laughs> Four strikes for them. Yeah, we really don't like that team. So all six teams go to try and cross the moat. All right, so we just ran over the original team, so now we're going to go through the show run itself here. And the very first thing that the original episode of Legends of a, the original episodes of Legends of the Hidden Temple had was the moat cross, where it was a different kind of form for each particular episode. They used different ways to get across said moat, but the object always was is the first four teams to get both members of the team across the moat and hit their gong advanced to the second to the second contest, which was the Steps of Knowledge. Uh, Eric, did you have a particular moat crossing that you remember especially fondly? I always liked... I know, of course, obviously, the rafts were like the main feature, but something where you just had to grab on. Same. That upper arm strength going across. It's like... You really were always going to the backyard and, like, building yourself up for that, you know? And on some of those, you couldn't let your knees touch the raft you were on. But speaking of history, though, with the moat crossing, the team that actually won the most crossings by season, Red Jaguars, 33-7 and seven in the first season, Season two, it was the was your green monkeys, thirty three and seven. Season three, it was your green monkeys, thirty one and nine. Overall, it was the Red Jaguars, however, ninety to thirty. Thank okay, you. I have. Nickelodeon.fandom.com for all the statistics. Yeah, you were saying something about seeing somebody on the steps of knowledge. Thank you very much. I was literally just literally just about to ask where you got that information from. So thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. Uh, Brian, do you have a particularly episode, a particularly memorable episode uh, or way to get across the moat from Legends? No, Um, not not really. I'm with Eric on this one. I always liked the ones where they had to do like the uh, the tightrope walk, where it was just the two ropes stranded above, uh, suspended above the water. I thought that the raft, I thought that the raft episodes, and especially the ones where they were throwing the like the the uh, life the lifeguard buoys back across. I always thought those ones were kind of boring, especially because some of those kids could not throw for shit. Yeah, I mean, some of that, it's like, okay, how many times do you have it before you realize how you have to aim? So there's a thing with the moat. A lot of times on episodes of game shows, you will see a little caveat in the end credits saying uh, portions not affecting gameplay have been edited for broadcast. This is notorious for it. There was, according to various sources from Kirk Fogg and production folks. Yeah, there might have been a mo crossing that took over half an hour for the team to compete. There was uh, 
very well condensed down. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the steps of knowledge. Jonathan, I'm sure you have statistics for this as well. Oh, you're damn right I do. Oh, hey, I get full screen for this. Nice. Steps of knowledge, wins and losses. Season one, your best team was you know, Silver Snakes. 19 wins, 12 losses. Cheaters. Oh. Season two. Oh, well, looky there. It's my purple parrot, 17 and 8. But when we did, watch out. Boo all the same, boo. But Harry, season three, uh, your Barracudas were off here, seven and 14. That was like the worst ever. Oh, ouch. Swerve. Yeah, it was the Green Monkeys, 25 and 6. I'm sorry, what, what was that? What? Hmm? 25 <laughs> and 6 for them Green Monkeys. Thank you very much. Garbage. The whole freaking Overall, numbers-wise, it's the Green Monkeys 48 and 40. But percentage-wise, it goes to my Purple Parrots 38 and 32. Uh, Eric, do me a favor. Percentage-wise, we got you beat. Number-wise, you got me beat, Eric. Send us back full. Uh, Eric, do me a favor. Make sure you copy the link to the fandom website in order to put it in the show description. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Voice of Reason. We have missed you the past few weeks. I oh, do what boy, I boy have we ever, <laughs> especially with price. Yeah. Uh just as just as a heads up and an executive decision here, we will be returning to a price is right deep dive down the road where we break it up into the proper parts that was originally planned. So that way we can kind of give the show the full coverage that it deserves. We we gave that show three hours of coverage. What more could we talk about? Uh, we're going to put it all into a nice, pretty little bow when we discuss it this time. Did you listen to that three-hour ramble? Um, bits and pieces? I thought the show was fine. <laughs> I go back to what I said in the group chat. It takes a really dedicated fan to listen to three hours on any subject on a podcast. A three-hour tour. A three-week three copyright It's tour. a deep dive. Of course it's going to be long. That's what she said. Hi! That hey, that moat wasn't really that deep, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's get back on topic here. So, um... I will say this much, and I'm going to kind of give a preview here. The very first thing that I said to Eric when they, when I was watching the, the reboot, and we'll talk about the reboot in full, which, by the way, how topical is this coverage here coming literally four days after the premiere of the, the relaunch of the franchise over on the CW? Speaking of which, how close was that poll? I mean... With that, and I will bring this up on screen. You talk about close. Well, if you were any other show, it was real close. Otherwise, not so much. Not so much. Dang, I'll get yeah. my high orders another time. 
Man, I would be totally down for some high rollers. I watch that on YouTube all the time. All right, back back to Legends. Let's not get off track here, and especially not with me steering the ship off track. Um, the one of the very first things I said to Eric when I was watching the remake was because they did they showed the original moat, and we'll talk about all this when we go into our review. They showed the original moat, and then they said one team will advance, and I'm sitting there thinking, so wait a minute, it's going to be an hour long episode dedicated to getting across the damn moat. What? I, the, and I think the very first message, the very first message I sent to you, Eric, is no steps of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, 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 you've got your steps of knowledge. They did that part right. More on that later. All right, moving forward from these steps of knowledge, let's talk about the Temple Games, Jonathan. The one thing I must say that was a difference between the old and new. The old, you started with six, and the moat knocked you down to four teams. The new, it was four becoming three. Either way, at the end of Steps of Knowledge, you had two teams. The Temple games were wide and varied, depending on the theme of the Legend of the Week. But you always had, in the old version, three Temple games. First two were played for a half a pennant of life. The third was played for a full Ended. Max of two and a minimum of one for the team that would make it through to the temple run. Some Did you just of these games the bird? were built for first to no. finish something. Sometimes it's a race against the clock. Sometimes it's the best in a minute. But there was a wide variety, and there were a wide variety of sound cues used for them too. I think there were like five different backing musics that were used for the temple games. But yeah, a third game mattered a lot. The new version, you only did two. One pendant each. Alright. Um let's talk uh let's talk uh let's talk temple games, Eric. Is it just me or did it seem like the difficulty level on some of these temple games were way too high for twelve year olds? I mean, you could tell when the network is like, you know what? We're running a little bit uh, low on our budget for a round of this time. We got to kind of space camp. Yeah, we got to kind of up the ante to make sure it's as difficult as possible, not just in the temple games, but the run itself. Yeah, they're like, okay, what would be extra brutal? All right, let's make this work. Yeah, let's make them crawl backwards on their butt, pushing a rock up a hill. And trying to fit it into a square. Brilliant. I'm sorry. Those were one of the ones that I actually liked. Maybe it's because I've always had a moment of schadenfreude. But <laughs> I got enjoyment out of those. I mean, there was something funny about watching those little kids biff. Speaking of Given the fact that... Uh, admittedly... I am of the age that when this show originally started airing, I would have been a little bit younger than the kids competing. So I would have been sitting there at home thinking to myself, oh, I could definitely do that. What are they doing? <laughs> there was one style of game where you had this, I guess, like a metal bar and a seesaw that was rotating around. Like one... One of the players was up high to reach something up high. The other was down low and had a. I remember that one. And up and down. I remember watching that, but like, 
dude, if I was on that, I would be puking like those kids were in the temple and they got scared by the temple guards. More on that later. Um, I'm going to end up quoting the longest yard here. I think he shit himself. <laughs> I think there was one of those two at the temple. But should both teams be tied with one pendant of life? At the end of the Temple Games, there would be a tiebreaker podium wheeled out. Olmec would ask one question. You buzzing, get it right, you're going to the Temple. You buzzing, get it wrong, you ain't going no Temple. Simple as that. The third Temple Game in the new version was that tiebreaker. So either way, on the new version, you're going in with two pendants. Versus the old version, you're going with one, one and a half, or if you pulled a sweep of the Temple Games, you got two. You're in pretty good shape. All right, can y'all hear me now? I had a little bit of yes. technical difficulties there. All right. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about the tiebreaker question for the new Temple Games here. Uh, do you have statistics as far as most Temple Games victories, Jonathan? Temple Games, uh, since, since these are widely varied, I'm going to give you all six teams this time. Red Jaguars, 65 and 55. Bakarudas, 69 and 42. Most wins to the Green Monkeys, 84 and 60. They also have the most losses. That just means we got their uh, metric shit ton. Thank you very Hold much. On. Hold on, hold on. 120 episodes. Oh, these are individual game results. Okay, never mind. Yeah, three games per episode. Yeah, That's I just did the math in my head. Skewed. That's why the numbers are skewed. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Orange Iguanas, 75 and 36. My Purple Parrots, 60 and 54. Those Darn Snakes, 68 and 52. So the best Pendant overall... Goals. Wait a minute, real quick. The best overall percentage goes to the iguanas at over sixty-seven percent. Hmm. Interesting. Pendant totals also reflect this a little bit too. When the iguanas won, they won big because they're second highest in pendants earned. I bet behind the green six. Barracudas forty-four point five. Second lowest. Green Monkeys 56. Orange Iguanas 51. My Purple Parrot second lowest 39.5. Snakes at 45. Tiebreakers. <laughs> this is why it sucks to be a parrot fan, folks. Jaguars 3 and 5. Barracudas 2 and 1. Green Monkeys 5 and 3. Iguanas 6 and 3. Purple parrots, one and seven. Hush your mouths, people. And uh, silver snakes, five and three. You know, I, I, I wasn't going to say anything. You know, success just speaks for itself. The one time we won that tiebreaker, we won in the temple. We'll talk about temple. Parrots we'll are talk like about the New York Jets. They do it once and they do it well. Yeah, but you hear about it for the next fifty years. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll get to the temple run itself here in a few moments here. But back to the overall temple games here. Uh, oh. Eric, 
That is. Um, I do have one more stat. The number of times the teams went to the temple, which would be a perfect segue into the temple itself. Jaguars went there 20 times. Blue Barracudas, 19. Green Monkeys, 24. Orange Iguanas, 25. 88. Parrots, 11. 99. And Silver Snakes, 21. Yes, that adds up to 120. I, I was doing the math as we were as we were going through. I know that's we'll why talk- I was throwing it down so you can keep up. <laughs> we'll talk about the uh, the overall success rate in the temple here because let's be honest with you folks. When we say that they didn't want you to win in the temple often, they didn't want you to win in the temple often. Weren't a whole lot of kids going to space camp. Even though it was right also in, in near Orlando, Kennedy Space Center and all that, space camp is expensive. It was back then. It's, there it's, were no later seasons, trips to Mexico even. So uh, they did up their prize amount, but they up their difficulty to go with it. That being said, I'm not going to lie. Those wheelie shoes, the ones with the with the wheels on the bottom of them, I had to totally rock those as a 12-year-old. Heelys, I might still own a pair. Of course you do. Brian, you've been quiet. Any any Anything to add about the Temple games here? No, not particularly. Uh, you have to forgive him folks he's dead to the world he'll be joining us more specifically for our review of the relaunch of the franchise here a little bit all right not go ahead again he's also going to be chastised potentially even more by dr manhattan during the next video games to the max episode where we cover the latest in the league of legends group stage at the world championships Oh, don't worry, Eric. I'll be chastising you on the kickoff. Uh, maybe the next game show we should do is Catch 21. Do the monkey. At least he didn't pile onto the chastising as well. I'm getting enough of it from every side today, so. I don't know which team you like. As he was eating, still. <laughs> uh, does anybody else know? Because apparently, I'm not getting an answer from Brian. Well, that's because again, he I I thought he had mentioned a blue, blue barracudas as well, but sitting there being another lone terms, Jets fan. In terms that, of this show, yes, barracudas. In terms of League of Legends and the video games to the max podcast, I got no idea. I don't understand the context of the question, which was why, like, I, yeah, Blue Barracudas was, was you know, uh, it was more, for, more of a. If NFL we were talking question. about, well, yes, you, you, you were not paying attention to the screen because I gave you the answer. Also, oh, I, for League of Legends, Cloud Nine. Like, yeah, I have he, no idea. He's all on the uh, North American Hopium and Copium, and um, yeah, there's been discussions about that. Hasn't there? I might have OD'd. Probably <laughs> why I'm probably why I'm not awake today. Y- y'all have to forgive me. This the video game conversations are foreign to me. I'm still rock and Spyro. But when it comes to the temple, and really most are when it comes to W2M Network, and which podcast to listen to, the choices are yours and yours alone. Good, Good luck. luck. <laughs> Really? All right. Well, let's talk really? about that particular luck because more of these teams. Really? Be... 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yes, really. They yes. Re yes, really. Gimmick infringement is encouraged on this network. And remember, right. gimmick infringement is a W2M network exclusive. All right. Uh, speaking of luck when it comes to this particular show, let's talk about which teams did and didn't have it inside of their respective temple runs, Jonathan. To the stats. To the stats. Let's, 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 let's get this out of the way first. We only made it there 11 times. We won three. We lost eight. The life of a purple parrot is a tough life. It's not as bad as the orange iguanas, though. They only won four and lost 21. 27.3%. Red Jaguars. Four wins. Ooh. 16 uh, That losses. would be 16%. They were slightly better there. Barracudas won five. They lost 14. So that leaves the green monkeys and those dreaded silver snakes. Yeah, I can't do division for 19 in my head. I'm going to need a calculator for that one. Yeah. They each won eight. Green monkeys lost 16. Silver snakes lost 13. So they have the slightly better percentage. But um, when it comes to Temple Guards, there's a reason why the Iguanas don't win often when they make it there pretty frequently. They found 59 Temple Guards. Your Green Monkeys, yeah, they found 51 of them. Red Jaguars found 44. Barracudas and Snakes each found 43. Purple Parrots didn't find many of them. We only found 25. <laughs> I, I, I'm about to say, what was that? So you basically were finding a little more than two per clip. Thank you very much. Yeah, but when we made it there, we had quite a few pendants. Thank you. All right, do me a favor. Real quick, count up the overall victories. Overall victories? The top two are monkeys and snakes at eight. 16. Then you've got Barracudas at 5. 21. Jags and Iguanas at 4. Unlike the Jacksonville Jaguars. 29. Which is how many games in a row the Jaguars are on their way to losing. And 3 from the Parrots puts you at 32. Out of 120, that's just over a quarter. You didn't get a 30% win rate in this bonus game. 32 you, you, you know what? I, I, I'm on the side of Bill's Mafia. Even when the last time we played in the playoffs, we won, okay? Don't make me change that. We got the Titans this week. We'll talk about that, that, that game tomorrow night on the kickoff. A special nobody, Friday night edition. Nobody circles the tiebreaker wagons like the Orange Iguanas. Um, <laughs> JPM, by yourself. Did uh -huh. I, my froze. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why my internet is acting shitty tonight. I do apologize. 
Uh, JTN, buy or sell. The temple was too hard for 12-year-old kids. Hold. It was, was right not an based off the... It was... If the prize was lower, sell. If the prize was a little higher, I'd buy. They threaded a very close needle there. Brian, buy or sell. The temple was too difficult for a 12-year-old game show. Your microphone is turned off, sir. There you go. You're live. You're hot. Not really, but I mean, he's wearing a hoodie, so. His microphone also is not working again, too. Eric, while Brian figures out his microphone, buy or sell. I'm going to sell. Again, John just mentioned, if you've got, especially in those days, trips to space camp, fantastic experiences. I've been to Kennedy Space Center and been part of that experience. He got trips to Mexico. With those kind of budgets, I think they did it just, just right. So I'm going to have to sell. I think they did it perfect. Has Brian broken his microphone once and for all? Can we hear him? It's a bad cable. We actually swapped. When you were on assignment, we actually swapped microphones. And, um, yeah, it wasn't even working on my end, but it works on his. It's not especially working on his at the present moment. That's there. It's a bad cable because I moved the stand. That's all it is. The cable's not long enough. All right. So but I've released some tension and I say bye, bye, bye. Uh, I recall way more losses than I do wins on that show. Um, if you have a game show, you want to see somebody. I, I understand, you know, insurance payouts and, and whatnot, but. It, you know, you, you don't want to give away the entire bank and blow the whole budget, but you want to see people win on a game show. And a lot of the episodes that I remember watching, they didn't win the Temple Run. And obviously the stats kind of support that. So I, I have to agree that the... Uh, Actually, to be honest with you, though, overall, I thought the whole show was too difficult for 12-year-old kids. I thought it was more of I, an adult show, or, or at least like a late-teen show. It's funny that you say that with the remake focused on adult contestants, and we're about to get to the review of that here. I just did some quick math in my head. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, 4 and 11, it would be how it would break down. With 32 and 88. Yes. So, so four out of every 15. Four out of every 15 episodes, they would have somebody that would win there. So you're looking at a, what, 21% clip thereabouts? Uh, five out of 15 is a third. So four, three out of 15. So, yeah, you're looking 30. splitting the middle 26, 27%-ish. So, yeah, a quarter of the time, somebody wins the grand prize. That's not a great number. That's not how you get the ratings. 26 and two-thirds percent. Yeah, I pulled out the calculator. Again, my point stands. That's not how. All right. 
But a low wind rate makes the winds count that much more. And I mean, honestly, go back and you find some of those contestants who actually won. Now, again, you didn't have to worry about the same tax purposes and things as you would in other states because Florida, you going and as a kid, find them and talk about how their times were on those trips or oh. going to space camp. Oh, oh speaking of uh, Temple Wind Race, there's one big asterisk you have to put on one episode. Can we... Uh... It, there is there is one piece of information I am curious about here, JTN, and I don't know if it's going to be on the site or not. Mm-hmm. Fastest completion of the temple. That's your big fat asterisk. There was a run. I it's not on the site. It's just I have something I know of when I did the deep dive research over the past week. The Red Jaguars had a freaking beeline run. You know why? Because the producers forgot to lock the fucking doors of the temple. Oh, whoops. And where were those temple guards? Not even at their stations. Yeah. Rigged Plinko board part two, anybody? Yeah. So, fastest run, big fat asterisk. They still got paid, though. Hey, produced. Producer's fault, not theirs. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. This ain't the prices, right? We can't be referencing Pinko Plinko boards. Hey, they left the guide wires in. They left the doors unlocked. It's the same thing. I mean, I don't disagree. As someone on here who would be, or who is actually here for once, but I'm going to say it anyway, it do be facts, though. It do be fast. Viacom, just saying. <laughs> All right, so that that kind of run, run, run blah, 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 that kind of wraps up our deep dive into the original version of the show. We'll have. Do you we have a no, 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 no. There are a lot of rooms in that temple, sir. Uh oh. Are we really gonna? Are we really gonna discuss this room by room? I'm just going to go over the first layout. Yes, the site of data has all um, 16, including the uh, first episode we saw this week of the new version. Every layout of the temple is outlined there. Go look it up if you want to. We're not going that deep. We're not doing no three-hour tour. Well, I'm about to say 16 is less than 112, so... Um, I don't have the beverage on hand for that kind of a read. But you do have rooms like Room of the Three Gargoyles, the Wall Climb, the Observatory, the Heart Room, the Room of the Golden Idols, the Torch Room, the Mine Shaft, the Tomb of the Ancient Kings, the Swamp, the Throne Room, the Pit of Despair. Yeah, that's where the um, medical maladies all happen. The Cave of Sighs and... Uh, Let's see if I can do this right. Everybody's going to get a turn on this one because we know this room. It's the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. The Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Harry? The Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Brian? 
I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> so he is the one that's having trouble assembling that damn statue. So uh, uh, he fell a lot better when adults actually, were doing it. Just saying. Actually, he fell into the pit of despair. <laughs> Whoa, is his sleep schedule? Whoa, good sir. Okay. For that one, for that. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Round of applause. All right. So now that you've just, now that we've officially gone back and given the original rooms of the original temple as well, I think that kind of wraps up our coverage of the original version of the show. Wait, hold on. Did somebody say the shrine of the silver monkey? Oh, oh now Jesus you do it. <laughs> that was as bad as the film. Look, if you're going to troll me, I'm going to troll you, okay? I'll say it again. That was as bad as the film. Anyways. All right. So I mentioned earlier on in the broadcast that this could not be coming at a more topical time for this particular deep dive. As the CW decided to relaunch the franchise as a Sunday night counter to NBC's Sunday night football. Which means yours truly has to watch this on a delay on demand on Spectrum. Your viewership may vary. I was driving back from my out-of-town assignment over the weekend, so I had to get it on the CW app. I went ahead and I looked at it. I made sure to have a DVR, as I do with a lot of my shows. So after the game, which ran along because, you know, lightning, I went ahead and I looked at it on the DVR. Yeah, it's ironic. Uh, lightning in the stands for Kansas City, lightning on the field for Buffalo. That one was for you, Robert Taylor. All right. So, um, yeah, I wasn't home for the premiere. I wouldn't have been able. I wouldn't have been watching the premiere anyway because it was my Bills on Sunday Night Football. So obviously, I would have chosen the Bills game anyways. But. I did get the opportunity to check out the show yesterday while we were doing our research and our prep for Life is Like a Game Show. All three of the rest of us got our chances to check out the premiere of the relaunch of the franchise while getting ready for Life is Like a Game Show. So I'm going to go around in kind of a loop style here. And I'll start with Brian. I'll start with Brian. Mind, Harry. Going to use one of my gimmicks. You know, Judge Bob didn't just have the X. He also had the the O for its good. So. Wait, sorry. I was tuned out for a moment. What are we talking about now? Hi. <laughs> my reference. So, right, Jonathan. The thumbs up is the O. The thumbs down is the X. I thought we were giving it a digital score. Why are we doing? Hold on, hold on a moment. Hold on a moment. Pause everything. Pause everything. Pause everything. Why are we trying to do visual gags on an audio, potentially audio podcast? Yes, thank you. If I have to get chastised for visual gags, y'all sons of bitches are going to get chastised for visual gags as well. I was just giving Harry a chance to make the reference, and he missed it, so Brian had to catch it for him. Uh, and I uh, gimmick infringement again. We said it before. We say it again. It's, it's a come to be expected around here, right? It's not only expected. Gimmick infringement. 
will be seen tonight. <laughs> it's not only expected on the W2M network, it's encouraged. And lest we forget always, it is expected, it is encouraged, but no matter what, it's a W2M network exclusive. And you can and bet on how some hate mail to send about that. You could send to s.garber at gmail.com. You son of a bitch. That one's mine. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, bro, uh, make sure your mic is muted, Jonathan. Brian, open up yours. Again, I'm serious. I don't know what the hell we're talking about. All I know Where... is we've gone through 15 minutes of talking about bullshit gimmick infringement. Uh, we're discussing the actual relaunch of the franchise. What did you think of the remake that aired on CW on Sunday? I thought it was crap. Actually, okay. So overall, I, I give it like a C, like a 70. Um, I was not impressed. I thought it got, it, it looked more like I was watching an episode of a Chopped or Beat. Bobby Flay or some like competition where rather than focusing on the competition every 30 seconds they were cutting away the some backstage yeah no they they had barely half the amount of, of contestants that the original show had um, I think the only honestly probably the only good thing or two good things that I liked about it um, was the fact that they bought, brought back D. Bradley Baker as Olmec, and the steps of knowledge were nice. Um, but also they just they condensed the hell out of everything, and it just didn't feel right. It felt like a it felt like a reality show and not a game show. All right, um, we'll talk about that actually because. That was actually one of the big trending topics when I was discussing it with a couple of other friends of mine as well. Uh, go ahead and go back to mute, Brian. Uh, Eric, what did you think of the premiere of the relaunch of the franchise? Don't you look at me like that. I'm going in a circular order in how you guys are on my screen. Okay. So what I am going to say about it is this, and I've mentioned it both in chat and to those individually as well. As soon as I saw the network it was on, I automatically am like, okay, I'm grading on a slight curve. Had this been a different network, a different approach, I would have thought of it differently. But with how the CW takes things, especially given the genre, and yes, I am pronouncing it that way, RIP, the genre, of TV shows in their particular demographics that they attract, I knew that they were going to have a little bit more of those reality elements in it. That said, I personally give it an 86. I thought it was solid. I thought they did a lot of justice to the original. It's not perfect. I never expected it to be. And there is room for improvement in making tweaks. But as I also mentioned myself, knowing that they've got to do but so much with the contestant pool, I see why they did with the format for more maximization of episodes. So, and I will go to Jonathan Nielsen to follow up on that here. Jonathan, do you think with the current ongoing pandemic that kind of condensed the contestant pool and is the reason that they decided to almost 
shorten the amount of teams participating on a week-in, week-out basis, and then I want your review of the show as well. That might actually be the case, but if you also look at the set that they had designed, they were not in a cramped studio at Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. Agreed. You were outdoors. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Have you ever been to those studios in person? They are not that cramped. I have 50-50, although the Legends studio was much bigger. That was, that, that was actually quite. That was actually a, a, a big considering factor on why I'm not a huge fan of the show. It doesn't look right outdoors. They, the, to me, the well, temple I'll, should be the temple and the set and everything should be like this grand, almost slightly overbearing nature to it. And putting it outdoors just made everything feel really small. I'm sorry, Mount Midoriyama has entered the chat. Rancid Randy, I think, would actually approve of this reboot more than most of us. Then again, he's the kind of person that would call Survivor a game show. More and on that, back in the brackets. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go with, uh, with Brian's thought there. Is that, to me... I don't necessarily know that the that the relaunch came off as a full-on game show with the reality elements, the survivor-esque elements interspersed. I don't disagree with Brian's assessment there. Personally, I enjoyed the show overall. I thought it was solid enough. I gave it a B minus. I would give it a B minus. I would probably land somewhere around Eric's 86 number, 85. 86. I gave it an 82. But it's highly variable for me based round by round. My opinion was changing throughout. As okay. Reading. And that's a fair assessment. Cause I thought they did justice to the moat because they definitely. No, no. I, I love stage moat. That's bullshit. I love the, the moat. Is I, get across one task. Not I love the moat. I loved it. I, I thought, I thought no. it was fantastic. No, the moat really brought it down for me. No, for something like that, when you have fewer teams, You've got to make a it tougher more intricate. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agreed. Now, if they went ahead and they kept the original 16 format and you had to knock it down okay. four, then you simplify all four. Okay, you want to make it a harder mode crossing? Make it a wave pool. Man, fuck them wave pools. And bitch, yeah, they'll fuck you up, them wave pools. <laughs> <laughs> they will. It do be facts, though. Anyways. Um, what did you guys think of the what what did you guys think of the steps of knowledge in the presentation of Omex Tale? Steps, Chef's Kiss. Agreed. Did that right. They did the telling of the story right with the cartoon segues. I felt that was well done. Also, what pinned me down on the moat when you had the original show, Kirk Fogg was calling that crossing live. Everything our new host was doing was post edited in a friggin' well, sound studio. Hold on, we'll get to Cristela Alonso here in a second. Don't she worry. She did a good job. It's just the. We'll get the to her in a second, Brian or Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. All right, that's it. I'm done. Good night. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, Sorry, Brian. Kids would say. It's. It's been a long week here at Casa de Broadhurst as well. Bring him back. Okay. Uh, I, I, there's nothing I can do. He went ahead and he turned his camera off. 
I might need to summon someone for this. Brian Espinosa will not be seen tonight. No, not anymore, apparently. <laughs> that was my I, – I apologize, Brian. Jonathan will get to Christella in a second. Yeah, she is a different um, – Look, I know I'm, I'm, I'm the grumpy the... fuck, but I have a reason for being a grumpy fuck, okay? I'm trying to have a somewhat decent sleep schedule so we can actually do this other freaking podcast. All right. Yeah, I do apologize. That was my fault there. We will come back there. Uh, what did you think of the steps of knowledge, Brian? Um, I thought that the – okay, so thematically, like, like, like visually speaking, they did an amazing job. I wish they had kept it to more of the or closer to the original format with more questions and more contestants. The steps of knowledge, they had the right design, yes, but they just didn't really look that great because they weren't as big and grandiose. And again, the whole outdoors part of it was the outdoors thing, but part of it was fewer contestants on. The steps of knowledge made them look less impressive. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. I'm trying to think of a word and it's I just not coming to me. Like headless gravitas? No. Although gravitas Regal is, is kind of closer to what I'm looking for, but elegant. Yeah. Maybe may I maybe elegant. All right. Uh, speaking of grandiose, though, they definitely stepped up, in my opinion, they definitely stepped up the presentation of the Temple Games, I thought. I thought that the Temple Games were super maximized compared to what they were from the original kids' show. And one could argue just as difficult as some of the Temple Games that the kids themselves went through. You guys talked about how those Temple Games would have been difficult for a 12-year-old. Uh, these, te these Temple Games were difficult for adults, and I thought that they justified the Temple Games in doing so. Yeah, well, considering the fact you had a wardrobe malfunction equivalent of a Super Bowl, and contestants couldn't shoot free throws as good as Shaq. <laughs> I, I was shocked without. I'll say this about the Temple Run: they didn't have GoPros in 1995. Man, some of those shots The run was well filmed. Well, I mean, it's pretty its pretty simple what they did there. They just put GoPros on the guys, and then they edited it all together in post. I mean, it's still impressive, but it's exactly, from a technical aspect, it's exactly what was done. All right. Uh, overall, though, what did you guys think of the temple itself? How did you guys like the layout of the temple itself? Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you. True recreation of the original, I would say. They, they basically took the best elements of rooms from the original, cobbled them together, and uh, holy shit, a monkey is actually easy to assemble. What the fuck? Eric, your thoughts I, on the new temple? It's like I had said to you directly. You had flashbacks and a lot of elements of the original show. They made it more grown up, but that it was never really off and i had mentioned this before in a kind of a take they really added to the elements that have come along in recent years like ninja warrior or for those who watched espn back in the day before ninja warrior like the final viking like those sorts of a challenges mxc they, almost 
Exactly. They incorporated some of those elements very well for the modern day into the rooms. And I thought that was extremely well done. Extremely well done. Brian, your thoughts on the final temple itself? I think they the 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 like rememberable notable thing or the memorable notable things that you remember from the original run they the ones that they brought back they did really well overall i think the difficulty was was pretty good i can't there's not too much i can criticize about the actual mm -hmm. temple run itself do you like the extra minute being added to the temple timer? I th I think when you're when you're dealing with adult contestants who are not do not have as much energy and and flexibility as kids do, it makes sense. I agree. Absolutely. I I, I personally thought that the four minute temple timer was uh, appropriate, and honestly, if you would have had more of those four minute temple timers on the original cage show, you probably would have had better than a twenty seven percent winning percentage. Very true. Also, did you watch the route that the uh, that my purple parrots had to take through that temple? Every most direct route was a locked door. You were purposely sent the longest route to get to the um, item of legend. Well, I mean, so I here's a here's a quick question: Do we know if this was the pilot episode that they decided to re? edit for broadcast i do not know oh oh because about pilots i got a story for you there but continue because if this is the pilot episode it's possible that they they rigged it so that you know they have to go the long way around again well if, you don't rig pilots if there was a rigging they would have had to put that in the caveats in the credits at the end we did not see that so it may have been a well, not to mention they can predefine and tell standards and practices these are the doors we're sealing off. As long but, as I mean, the, as long as it's still completable, that's all standards and practices cares about in this case. But normally, in the case of a pilot, wouldn't you agree if those things kind of happen, you would lean more towards setting up to where the contestants win? the grand prize not universally but more often than not so you get all of the different elements That's involved. if you purposely I staged it so the contestant would not win to show a loss as evidence that is the kind of thing you'd have to put in the credits all right let's uh let's go ahead and talk I, I, about oh. I, again i i have to you know for for a show like this all standards and practices cares about is is the, is the task completable. They don't necessarily care about the manner in which certain prizes or props or other elements are set up as long as the end goal is that it's completable. If they can demonstrate using one of their production staffers or whatever to say, hey, this is this is doable. Standards and practices doesn't care what fucking doors get get sealed or what temp or where the temple guards are, are, are placed. My now, as as far as pilots go, yeah, sure. You wanna you wanna showcase a win. Obviously, a lot of a lot of pilots will will try to 
rig for that, but I don't want, I don't think I'm concerned that this run of legends of the hidden temple is trying to keep to the same stat line that the original run did of very few winners budget. That's exactly what I was leaning yep. towards next because oh, their, budget. their wait, payout, wait, wait. if you, if you guys paid attention to the show, their payout is not coming from the production company. It's not coming from Nickelodeon, Stone Stanley. Yes, it's Stone Stanley. It's coming from Chime. Mm -hmm. So there's a pretty distinct possibility that Chime is like, hey, let's turn the difficulty up a little bit. Especially when you're getting them for a grand prize of 25 grand. And 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 the thing that they I don't know I could be wrong I don't remember this from the original run, but guaranteed amounts if you just for getting into the temple for grabbing the the the, the, the item of the day and then the getting out with it. Yeah, the guaranteed values were nowhere near as high as they are on the current reboot. But in fairness, that's adjusted for inflation. One would think. Oh yeah, I don't, remember there, be, I don't remember there being. Hey, if you get in there and you grab, the, yeah, there were the, prizes the for that. Yeah, there were the there were prize escalations on the original. Like I, think, how far you got. I don't like remember. For that, example, so. real, no. real quick, let's let's. There uh, was let's no get... prize here for just getting the item in the temple, but not bringing it out. Yeah, no, no, wasn't with the ten day prize level. No, it wasn't. There was a tier. There was a tier for that in the temple in the original. It may have been a season three thing, but I definitely remember there being a thing where if you got the uh, yeah. if you got if you got to the item, Later you got seasons. some kind of reward. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely remember that. Because I remember like different scooters and stuff season. being some of the prizes, uh, like the old uh, super soakers and stuff. Exactly, like you would get the Heelys for making it two, or or like a remote control car for making it two. You would get like the high level uh, squirt guns or whatever, like the super soakers or the bazookas or whatever they were, for uh, actually grabbing the the uh, I, the item the uh, artifact in question. And yeah, I, you would, you I would don't win remember the that grand one, prize. Man. You would win the grand prize if you made it out of the temple within the three minutes. All right, real quick before we go to our final thoughts on the show, I do want to give I do want to get your guys' thoughts on one other thing from this particular relaunch here. Uh, scale of one to ten, Jonathan. Christella Alonzo's performance as your hostess. Her performance, I would give an eight. The production value of her performance, I would give a five. The post editing just killed it for me. Eric, same question. Christella Alonzo is your new hostess for Legends. Using my same CW curve, seven. And again, if they change all the editing and stuff, she can easily get eight, eight and a half, and especially getting them to the groove of the show. But for a first time out, seven. Brian? Uh, apparently, I'm just super critical of this show for some reason. Um, and it has nothing to do with the grumpy mood I'm in today either. Um, but no, I gave her a five. I'm, I'm just, I, she's no Kirk Fogg. I would have liked to see her, for lack of a better term, more interactive with the show. 
Um, I don't like the overdub of most of her stuff after the show. Like, what's the point of having a host if they're going to just overdub most of her voice? Like, like it felt like about at least 60-70% of her voice was overdubbed. Like, they they didn't have her talk while they were doing temple games or the physical challenges or, <clears throat> excuse me, the moat or anything. It was just, you, you heard, you could quite literally tell she was looking at, at camera roll in a, in a VA booth and they overdubbed it. And they didn't even edit the sound to make it sound like she was live on the set or anything. They made it pretty obvious. It was post-production ADR. Um, in the original show, you saw Kirk Fogg like right up in the middle of the action with the microphone, that signature wireless microphone of his, calling the action, talking and cheering on the contestants and all of that. I really didn't even, I really felt like she didn't even cheer on the contestants that much. Like, she well, is fair not enough, Kurt, uh, to be. To be fair to that, though, Brian, Kurt Fogg was dealing with kids, whereas Christella's dealing with adults. And again, and I'm seeing Brian's point, but the only reason why I rated it as high, I don't see that partially as an issue with her. I see that as more the network in the production's failures. Mm -hmm. going, no, back I... to, going back to... The elements that I had mentioned with Ninja Warrior and American Ninja Warrior on NBC. They tried to have it something like that. The only difference is with the hosts of American Ninja Warrior, you can see out them from their host tower, you know they're commentating and doing everything Matt live. Matt Eisman, and, Matt Eisman and Akbar Bach and Miyamila. Exactly. Matt and Akbar, they can cut to them. There's a lot of great banter. I would like to see them change their approach to something like that with Cristela. I hope they learn quickly from this mistake and that they do so. Well, I, I, I hope so as well. And I don't, I don't, I see what you're saying. And I don't, that's why I didn't completely flunk her. Cause also yeah. who the hell is Christina Alonzo? Like I, 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 I this Christella. is one of those. Christella, so much that you, you didn't know her so much that you didn't realize it's not Christina. It's Cristela. Exactly. Like, uh, uh, all right, real quick though, before we go to our final thoughts here, I, I want to. Alonzo. <laughs> no, you were not going to Wikipedia for this. No. <laughs> it's nay. Um, stand up comic, TV, and film credit, uh, credits. Someone raised their microphone. San Juan, Texas, age 42. Of the, there was an ABC sitcom, Christella. That's where she's from. A First Latina woman to create, produce, write, and star in their own U.S. primetime comedy. We yeah, have a niche comedian hosting it was, the show. Not That's to easy. mention that niche comedian's that niche comedian show lasted a season, and I don't I think it lasted. Say, wasn't that like a one season wonder on ABC? Not only that, I don't even think it lasted a full. I think it only got its test eleven. I don't even think it got a full back season pickup either. Anyways, well, there I, you go. There's, there's, there's your your thing. Uh, I will say this. Much. There's my point. One thing I I think we can all agree on. Definitely did this more justice than they did Supermarket Sweep on ABC. 
Oh, sweet oh, fuck, fuck yeah. yes. Do so you really want me to get yes. more grumpier and angrier than I am now? <laughs> we'll get to that on the no. supermarket sweep deep dive. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of time to bitch and moan there, I promise. And the Mortons will come out, too, for that one. <laughs> All right. Hey, folks. hey, Eric. Yeah. Have you, have you told our friend Harry here about me and supermarket sweep? You, Harry, you know how I am about my things, especially when we talk about like deep level statistics and all of my favorite niche sports like cricket and all of that. Is that how that's he is how he is about sweep? supermarket sweep and then some? So that's I'm guessing that's like a top tier level game show for you. Yeah, that's like his number one. Yeah, him right, just supermarket that, sweep that, is that like me bumper stumpers. I, I do, I do, I did love me some Regis Millionaire. It kind of lost its luster with some of the further hosts afterwards, but I did love me some Regis Millionaire. All right, um, that is going to wrap up our deep dive into Legends of the Hidden Temple. Any final thoughts, Mister Nielsen? News, everyone. Apparently, there's a before news the news. Final thoughts first, oh. then the news. Um, wrap up, dummy. Yeah, you. Wait, 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 wait to ruin, ruin the segment. segment. Wait, wrap up. Well, well, I mean, given some of family our- show. <laughs> I need I whatever the hell you've been drinking. drinking. I like it. Need to see more of it. Producers need to get their hands out of it. Let the show flow, like the spice. Eric, not bad for what it was. I think the CW can go ahead and kind of loosen the reins a bit. They've got something on their hands. They just need to realize it. The CW is becoming a game show network. For something like this, for something like this, it works. My my final thoughts, and and I'm going to put this into perspective here, right? Overall... I think they did a halfway decent job. And the reason why I say that is, or the reason why I think they did a halfway decent job is because they at least brought back the right people to run the show. They brought back Stone Stanley. The reason why I am so overly critical of the show more than, more than the three of you guys is because they brought back Stone Stanley. They brought back the people that did the original show to, to do the reboot. I think Eric has a point. I think CW might be. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, obviously. But I, I have to, to highly suspect that the CW is putting a very heavy hand into, or at least a moderately heavy hand into how this show is being done now obviously it's been you know close to to you know it's been 20 almost 30 years since the original run was on nickelodeon you need to modernize a little bit but we're also in that 90s throwback retro comeback era right now the 90s are in why mess up something that was good in the first place? Just bring it back the way it was. Not obviously, you know, use technologies um, 
advancements to, to your advantage. Like, I love the fact that they put, you know, GoPros on the contestants and, um, you know, they're using that for temple run footage rather than the what they used to do in the 90s, which was those three walled sets and the cameraman looks in through a fourth wall and, you know, they couldn't really get any good angles or anything. Um, which, which was a pretty common occurrence for a lot of those Nickelodeon shows like, you know, finders, keepers, think fast legends, etc. Um, I think you use modern technology, but you bring the show back the way it was. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's my final thoughts on it. I think it's good. I think it has a lot of potential if they let stone Stanley just, just, do the successful thing that they did in the nineties. You have an actual good reboot. All right. So if I there was an orange iguana fan here, they'd be salty as fuck. Granted. All right, real quick, Jonathan, mute yourself again. I have a question specifically for Brian. Uh, myself, Eric and Jonathan did the greatest game show of all time tournament. You were unable to be a part of that. However, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Watkins. Legends went to the Elite Eight, I think, or did it hit Final Four? I think Elite Eight. I'll have to go back and listen. It got bumped by Double Dare, I believe. All right, so let me ask you this, Mr. Espinoza. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, the original version, top eight game show of all time? Uh, that's a tough question. Oh, oh, yeah. We faced a lot of those motherfucking seven ten split. That's Ooh, a tough question. God, goddamn, rancid Randy. I blame him. I'm still looking at flights out to Idaho. Any comments from the audience, by the way? Nope. All right. I, I can't. I can't answer that. I'll get back to you next week on uh, next week's episode on that. I, I, I cannot, I, can, I don't well. think I can, the I, idea I behind it I can was to make you think it. genuinely answer that question. Think, Rancid Randy. The, the, the idea was to make us think, not drink. Difference. The idea wasn't to make us hate you. All right. That officially wraps up our conversation about Legends of the Hidden Temple. Hopefully you can interact with us over on Twitter at W2M Network and let us know what you thought of Legends of the Hidden Temple. We'll include the best comments on air in next week's broadcast. However, as I understand it, Brian, I believe we have a news desk to get to. Yes, we have news today. Uh, and as usual with the news, uh, I will full screen on Brian. I, I will introduce it with a little bit of trivia as soon as I can find the window that that was in there. Hey, there we go. Um, what game show host owns a radio station? I have, a, I, I have Wink, uh, Wink Martindale. Eric, you want to take a guess at this and no using Google. Don't you? No, I, I'm not using Google. My I can't hand. see you guys. I got put full screen. I don't like full screen. I do enough full screen on uh, looking at myself at League to the Max or whatever. 
But no, hands, oh, to the max or whatever. <laughs> yes, that is the name All of the right. new League of Take- Legends podcast here on W2M Network League to the Max or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it fits, it stays with the shtick that the W2M Network has provided over the years. Take them off full screen, Eric. Answer the damn question. Like I said, I got nothing. And to prove here that I'm not using Google, you can see my hands visible, not on the. Then why did that table just move? Stickiness. All Holy right. show! All right. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. They've. They've. Uh, we have talked about them recently on this podcast. In association with the with the with the recent show, Drew Carey, no, Kirk I, Fogg, no. Oh, all right, Vivi, get one more guess, and then I'm spilling the beans. Well, I'm, 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 I'm tapping. Tap me out, because I'm thinking, no way that could possibly happen. Three strikes. Pat oh, Sajak. Yeah. Say what? Pat Say Sajak. What? Pat Sajak owns an, an AM radio station in Annapolis, Maryland. And in game show news, he is selling that radio station as he plans to retire. Okay. First of all, no disrespect to Pat Sajak. I say this first. It's AM. I bid $1. This is my point. Who? It no also has a, it also has a low power FM translator, so it actually is an AM FM station. I've been okay. okay, so with this, still no disrespect. Who the fuck gave him a radio station? Uh, apparently, I think he's owned it for about the past twenty twenty five years. From from what I was seeing, Eric. So who the fuck gave him a radio Eric? station during the time that I lived up there? <laughs> Eric, more to the point. Who the fuck thought it was a good idea to give him a late night variety series? Okay, all right. Look, 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 look if he hadn't look, if he if he hadn't gotten that radio station, Craig Ferguson wouldn't have gotten a a, a, a set to do his show on. So, but it's weird because I lived a good half hour to 45 minutes at the most outside of Annapolis during high school. And that would have been right around the time that he got the radio station initially. Never heard about it. By the way, for those wondering, the Pat Sajak show lasted from January 9th. Okay, can we do Not a credible source. Not relevant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So yeah, um, announced today, um, WNAV Radio is going to be sold to a local uh, media company called BMSC. Uh, it's led by local broadcasters Chris Roth and Frank Brady, who have both worked for WNAV as on-air talent in the past. Um. Sajak has held the station for about almost 25 years. Uh, But an FCC filing was uh, put in today for the change of ownership. It is apparently uh, designated as a historic radio station, and it is 1430 AM WNAV. 
damn it. Well, there goes my hopes of a couple of things, and I've still never heard of it. Historic, my ass. Uh, apparently, it it uh, is like public access radio. I guess kind of like I don't know if it's NPR specifically, but it's like a NPR like variant for radio. Yeah, like PBS for radio. Like they'll they you know you want put something on radio, and if it doesn't sound like utter garbage, they'll put it on. You know, at least a- that's what the at least that's that's the vibe I'm getting based on what's in this press release and a little bit of the information that was. Uh, Right. accompanied the inf- how I got this. Now, here's uh, a little thought with some local color on this, and I'm going to go full screen because I've got an anecdote. It'll make, it, make it quick. We're coming up on the 90-minute mark, and I don't want to hit it. HFS 99.1 Baltimore, late 90s, early 2000s. Take this station, bring it back. And I'm not just saying that because of Naked Nubile Natalie or Amber the Lesbian Queefer. I'm done. Family? See, I would have provided more context, but oh no. Had to make it quick. So I hit the bullet points. Sounds like that's a point of viewer. That does sound like a point of viewer episode. Anyways, moving on. uh, I would like to have all three of you join me uh, in wishing this game show hosts happy birthday today. Who is it? I'm going to Google. Fuck this guessing no, game. No, 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 no. We actually <laughs> talked about them on the show. To, or we, we, we mentioned the show that Kurt they hosted Fox? tonight. Oh. No. Uh, wait, wait, what other? Uh, who was the host of Double Dare? Mark Summers. Nope. Okay, I quit. <laughs> I'm ter- No. I'm, I'm terrible at this guessing game. I quit. Ruprecht. David Ruprecht. Yes, yeah, a very yeah. happy birthday to David Ruprecht. Yay! Happy birthday! For the love of God, rescue sweep. Yes, please. Um, apparently, they didn't even bother to ask him to be involved. Fun fact! Is, he'll fi- fun fact, he'll find his $5,000 hiding behind the candles. <laughs> Gentlemen, we have a poll to post regarding next week's show. Do you have a show to throw in, or are we going to figure this out off air? Yeah, let's do this off air, and especially with the echo. Yeah, if you were normally, Eric is normally more on top of the 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 microphone management between us. Next week, it should hopefully be more resolved. Mute you because you all mute your damn selves. All right, so. any other quick news tidbits before we get out of here, Mr. Espinoza? Uh, that's that's all I got for this week. All right, that works for me. You have been listening to Life is Like a Game Show, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com, in addition to all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. Speaking of which, Mr. Watkins, that's how that goes. Speaking of which, Mr. Watkins, in addition to all of those fine services, where else can they find Life is Like a Game Show in video form? Well, you can find us as we are here live on Twitch most nights if there's no conflict with Rattelich and Broadcasting. Otherwise, 
Facebook, the Facebook Live page at W2M Network. When we're on Twitch, twitch.com slash W2M Net. Twitter.com slash W2M Network. And for those who want to be personal fans of the show, twitter.com slash W2M Lilags, L-I-L-A-G-S. And if you're not available to watch live, find us on YouTube, W2M Network. Brian, where can people find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at the Andesian. Uh, right now, it's world season, so you're going to see a lot of League of Legends stuff uh, to the, max. the end of uh, about through the end of or through early November here. Um, I normally post a mix of of esports and game show news, so. Uh, you can find me here on the network. I am doing a I am doing special coverage of the League of Legends World Championships for video games to the max. Um, the tournament if- is running through November fifth. We are broadcasting live daily after each broadcast day of games. Brian, I have Stay only one. Re- I have only one request. The next episode of that has to be called League to the Max. Don't Dr. look at me. Man- I'm not the producer. Dr. Manhattan can make that happen. He's got this. Jonathan, where can you people find you online? You can find me at JTN2002 on Twitch and Twitter. If you are a close personal friend of JTN, then you can get all the Facebook information. No, I don't have dark Twitters and such like somebody over there who's about to mention such things. So, um, yeah, there's that. Oh, also YouTube, but that's not going to be any new content attention. Eric, same question. Where can people find you online? Member, well, family when show. Not, when I'm not hosting the variety of shows here, WM to the Max, Soccer to the Max, maybe talk with Dr. Manhattan for Leagues to the Max or whatever, the kickoff right here on Life is Like a Game Show. You can find me on Facebook. You know the drill by now. Look for the picture of the guy holding a glass of wine in the recliner when you search for Eric Watkins. Maybe the occasional flame war. A couple other things here and there posting stuff on Twitter at Squid Sportshead when I get to do some live tweeting. Unfortunately, because of timing conflicts, I couldn't do the live tweets for the recent uh, men's national team qualifiers come November. That'll be rectified. And, of course, although let me state for the record, I'm not the only one with a dark Twitter. However, if you slide into either my DMs or the DMs of the Andesian, undergo the thorough, strict, and proper vetting process, you will gain access to both of our dark Twitters, as well as a few other places I happen to be on. Telegram, Kick, Snapchat wherever you may fancy in that regard at HEB the Eagle pretty much everywhere social media related Facebook YouTube Twitter Instagram snapchat's a thing that exists I don't use it I don't have space on my phone currently I'm working on that we'll see what happens it's not so much a, a dark Twitter it's more of a of a like not professional Twitter shaded it's a they shaded ain't supposed Twitter. to know them words Brian Damn it! You and, almost made me miss the ending. Anywho, 
uh, like I said, yeah, uh, HEB the Eagle is pretty much universal anywhere you're trying to reach me. If you want to give me show feedback, that's Yahoo as well. But remember, JTN, hate mail. S.Garmer at gmail.com. And always remember, when you're building yourself a bracket of the best game show of all time, remember to spay and neuter your bracket builders. You have been listening to Life is Like a Game Show, a presentation of the W2M Network.